This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice within for another week. Ho, 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 not long till Christmas now. So, Patricia Crowder Robles has got some more information about this month of December. Hi, Precious Heart. Thank you for joining us for our weekly vlog. Now, with the full activation of the 11 and 11 11 and 11 11 11 divinity codes in our 12 fifth dimensional solar strands of DNA, which took place on November 11th. Humanity, the elemental kingdom, and Mother Earth have ascended into higher frequencies of the fifth dimensional new Earth than we have previously experienced. This essential step in our ascension process has allowed the 40-day process of dismantling the obsolete paradigms that have manipulated, controlled, and suppressed the masses of humanity for eons of time to be accelerated. This has also prepared the way for the next influx of light that will occur on December 12th. This powerful 40-day purging process began on November 11th and will be brought to fruition during the solstice on December 20th and 21st. This week, on December 12th, 12-12, we will experience a multidimensional celestial alignment that will open a portal of light that has been building in momentum for over 500 years. The influx of light from this portal will intensify until the activities of light that will occur during the December solstice thus preparing the way for the birth of the life-transforming New Year 2022. December 12th is a powerful day in its own right, but this year the influx of light that will bathe the earth on 12-12 will be exponentially intensified due to the recently activated 11-11 divinity codes in every person's 12 fifth-dimensional solar strands of DNA and the powerful eclipse series we have just experienced. 
For the past 500 plus years, on December 12th, people all over the planet have been honoring the aspect of Mother Mary known as the Virgin of Guadalupe. This collective and rhythmic focus of attention on Mother Mary, who is an exponent of our Mother God and the Divine Feminine, has been building in momentum year by year. This has created a mighty portal of light that extends from the very heart of our Father Mother God in the core of creation into the heart of Mother Earth, which pulsates in the sun of even pressure in the center of this planet. It is not by accident that December 12th is the day of celebration that turns humanity's attention to the Divine Feminine, which is the love nature of our Mother God, anchored in every person's heart flame. 1212 is the sacred geometric code that was imprinted within the DNA of humanity by our I Am Presence after our fall from grace. The divine intent of this code was for it to serve as a catalyst for humanity's accelerated awakening once our I Am Presence was able to activate our 12 fifth-dimensional crystalline solar strands of DNA. That DNA activation occurred on the anniversary of Harmonic Convergence in August of 2019. 2019 was numerically a 12-year. 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 9 equals 12. That empowered December 12, 2019 with a 12-12-12 frequency of vibration. That vibration allowed every person's I Am Presence to successfully activate are 1212 catalyst codes for the very first time. Since that time, our I Am Presence has been using our 1212 catalyst codes to awaken us in powerful ways it was not able to utilize prior to the activation of our 12 solar strands of DNA. We know now that this was a vital step in preparing the masses of humanity for the birth of the new decade and the unprecedented global timeout we would soon experience due to the global pandemic. The Catalyst Code 1212 aligns with the sacred geometry associated with our solar system. We have 12 fifth-dimensional solar strands of DNA, 12 fifth-dimensional solar chakras, 12 solar aspects of deity, 12 constellations in our zodiac, and 12 ages in our 26,000-year procession of the equinoxes. This is why we hear so much about the power of the 12 times 12 and the number 144, 
or 144,000 in relation to the events associated with Earth's ascension process. The initial activation of the 1212 catalyst codes in humanity's DNA was a critical step in birthing the new decade on January 1st, 2020. This paved the way for the multidimensional activities of light destined to be co-created by lightworkers around the world. At that time, our Father, Mother, God, and the Company of Heaven assured us that during the next 10 years, we would change the course of history for Mother Earth and all her life. The information from the realms of Illumined Truth revealed that during this decade, 2020 to 2030, humanity will develop our latent abilities through which we will literally transfigure our earthly bodies and our outer world life experiences into the heart-based patterns of perfection associated with the fifth dimensional new earth. We were told that this seemingly miraculous transfiguration would be accomplished through a greatly expanded collaboration between the company of heaven and an awakened humanity. Our Father Mother God said the degree of collaboration we will experience between heaven and earth during this decade has never before been attempted. Within a matter of weeks, we experienced a forced global timeout. At that time, we were told by the beings of light that this planetary pause would create the space for humanity's I Am Presence to be heard and to awaken each of us in ways we had not previously experienced. They said that with the success of this mass awakening, nothing would ever be the same. All we have to do is review the monumental events that have taken place since January 2020 in order to get a glimpse of what was being revealed to us. These events have been both difficult as well as life-transforming, and this is just the beginning. Now it is time for the 1212 Catalyst Codes within humanity's fifth-dimensional DNA to be activated to a higher level. The Company of Heaven has assured us this activation will initiate the next step in the accelerated awakening taking place within the masses of humanity. This 1212 activation will assist people everywhere to raise their consciousness above the effluvia of our human miscreations and the obsolete, crumbling paradigms from our past. This shift of consciousness will allow humanity to far more easily tap into the patterns of perfection in the new contingency plan that is being released into the mental and emotional strata of Mother Earth 
through the fifth dimensional record keeper crystals now pulsating in her crystal grid system. This contingency plan not only contains the viable solutions for all of the maladies surfacing on Earth, but also the exquisite patterns based in heart patterns of perfection from the new Earth that are far beyond anything we have ever imagined. In preparation for the 1212 activation, we are being asked this week to stay focused on the light and to pay close attention to our self-care. Then, on December 12, 2021, under the direction of our Father Mother God, every person's I Am Presence will amplify the activation of our 1212 catalyst codes to the next level. This 1212 activation will be permanently sealed at a cellular level within the core of purity in every atomic and subatomic particle and wave of humanity's physical, etheric, mental, and emotional bodies. This activation will prepare humanity, the elemental kingdom, and Mother Earth to safely withstand the influx of light we will all be blessed with during the solstice on December 20th and 21st. This will pave the way for the birth of the new year, 20. 22. Our I Am Presence is well aware that we are being blessed with unprecedented opportunities during this 40-day period. This aspect of our own divinity will give us every assistance if we simply ask. Remember, any divine intervention from our I Am Presence will always occur in alignment with our lifetime's worth of preparation and our individual divine plan. This intuitive inner guidance will happen quite naturally when we take the time to go within and listen. As you prepare for this opportunity by focusing on your self-care, please let these words resonate within the divinity of your heart flame. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know Be still. Be. And so it is. Dear one, our Father, Mother, God, and the company of heaven are encouraging us to contemplate the magnitude of what is occurring at this time within each of us 
including the elemental kingdom and Mother Earth. God bless you. I look forward to being with you next week. If you get caught up in the Christmas hype of the group, the people selling you stuff when Jesus' birthday was no, nowhere near this time of the year, um, we better have some Christmas music. It's Bing Crosby. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun to ride and sing in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Dashing through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go Laughing all the way Bells on bobtail ring Making spirits bright All oh, what fun to ride and sing a slaying song tonight Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Oh, have a lot of fun Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh You can't beat a good bit of swing. So now Pam Gregory, she's also got some messages about this month or December. Hi everyone, Pam Gregory, astrologer. I'm going to be sharing some thoughts with you today. This will have very little astrological detail, but just some thoughts I've been having broad brush strokes, if you like, about the times we're in. I think it's very clear that we're going through massive purging and cleansing in our world. It's very clear everywhere. But we're also going through a rebirth because with that collapse of the old, that leaves a vacuum and something new has to come in and let's Let's make sure that that something is really wonderful. Several people whose spiritual judgment I trust completely are all saying that there's a grid of light that is now firmly established across the earth, which is really wonderful. So see that as energetic scaffolding. 
if you like, and in your walks in nature, in your meditations, can you build on that scaffolding? Can you add substance to it? Can you add bricks of light to give it more form and strength? Because the more we do that, the more light will come into our world. Remember the power of visualization when we do this. The whole world is made up of energy and frequency. That's what our world is. It's absolutely fundamental to everything. And when you're meditating, I mean, I, I personally very often perceive a kind of white column of light coming in through my crown chakra. Sometimes it's sort of at a, an angle coming in through the third eye. But either if you perceive those yourself or imagine that you perceive them, can you see them as kind of torches, beams of light burning through any remaining darkness out there in the cosmos? So increasingly we're just beaming all these torches up into the darkness and eventually the darkness just becomes like like netting really we can do this very very powerfully with our meditation and our visualization because if we look at things on a 3d level let's say if we if we think of all the problems in the world they are immense you know poverty war sickness death misery, cataclysm, the, all the earth's problems, they just seem absolutely overwhelming and insurmountable. You know, if we look at them all, you think, well, where do I begin? And, and that's not to, you know, dismiss the wonderful people on the ground who are doing lots of practical things to, to help people in need, you know, really big shout out to them. But if we look at all of those, those problems, so many of them from our human 3D level, we think it's going to take 100 years, maybe more, to sort those problems out. However, if we can shift up to our eagle's perch, to our higher level, then we can see that actually all of those things are one thing, and that's low-frequency energy. They are all manifestations of low-frequency energy, and that's something that we could all do something about in our spiritual practice. So looking at in, in making that shift, we shift from 3D, all this work to be done, and it's going to take a century or so, to 5D. And I'm going to give you some examples of that as we go through this. Now, we're very well aware that there are powerful waves of photonic energy coming onto our Earth. The Earth is moving through the photon belt. It does this roughly every 12,000 years. If you listen to the work of Rory Duff, ruryduff.com, put the link below. He has done a lot of work with this. We know that the magnetic shield of the Earth has fallen significantly, which is allowing in more cosmic and galactic um, light and energy. We know that the Schumann resonance is strengthening in its um, amplitude. We're seeing it peaking. We as individuals are having many physical symptoms of ringing in the ears, insomnia, uh, extreme fatigue, aches and pains, headaches, as our little individual energy fields have to adapt super quickly to this very high level of light coming in. We've never had it before. It's absolutely unprecedented and it's coming in very quickly. And when this happens, if we look at this in terms of physics, you can't have over an extended period very high frequency light and low frequency um, energy in the same space for, for any long period of time. 
it starts to destabilize. And it's the higher frequency light through a process called downward causation that destabilizes the lower. That has more influence top down than the other way around. And so it's destabilizing the low frequency energy with all of those problems associated with it. So that means it will become more chaotic, more turbulent, more crazy as systems break down all through 2022. I think 2022 is going to be quite an unstable year because of the, you know, we're dealing with the physics of light here and the physics of light is unstoppable. That's going to keep on coming. So understand the purpose behind it that we, you know, get, I mean, I think it's quite a good way to think about this, if we think about chaos and turbulence, is we've all been in a plane where we hit turbulence. And the pilot will come on air and say, ladies and gentlemen, with a lot of, a lot of turbulence, we need to fly higher to get above the turbulence. And that's exactly what we've got to do too. We've got to move higher in our frequency above all, all the 3D unraveling in order to create a better world because new earth is already here so i've said many times new earth isn't a place it's a frequency that any of us can access right now in a second if you shift your frequency enough new earth is here and if we look at what some of that's going to be about well we've got a lot of aquarius energy coming up over decades to come and the best of that is around collaboration community sharing love joy, peace, mutual respect for all. It's those kinds of things. And also a deep love for nature. If we look at Uranus in Taurus until 2026, yes, one expression of that is increased industrialization and engineering of our food and agriculture. Another expression, if we go to the Taurus side, is increased simplicity. We're going back to basics. We're going back to the earth. We're starting to grow our food by the phases of the moon. You know, those simple rhythms of the earth, biodynamic farming, like our, our ancestors used to do. A lot of people are starting to do this already. And that's very attractive because this connection to nature, <clears throat> excuse me, this connection to nature, I really think is something we've, we've lost. But if we look at... Um, the Kuiper Belt objects, which, as many of you know, um, I'm very interested in, beyond the realms of Pluto. And planets are only discovered, I believe, when our consciousness is ready to integrate them. So these dwarf planets, Kuiper Belt objects um, that I've talked about, I mean, there, there are dozens and dozens of them, but the ones that I've investigated so far are all linked to indigenous creator gods. If we look at Kwawa, archetype very linked to the, the Tongva people who lived around, they were the original inhabitants around the Los Angeles basin. And the archetype of Kwawa is that if you sing and dance, you raise your frequency to bring a higher manifestation into being. So it's, it's, it's creation through joy, if you like. We also have Altjira, Altjira, another creator god, indigenous creator god, that's linked to the big dreaming the Aboriginal song lines. We've got Homea that is linked to the Hawaiian goddess of fertility in a deep connection to shamanic connection to nature, able to pr produce wild food even from land-laid waste. Makimaki, spelt make-make but pronounced Makimaki, the link to the great sea spirit of Easter Island. 
Teron Hiawaka, the Irrawaki um, higher god, the indigenous farmer god. Um, all of them had this, this connection to nature. And, and by that, I mean, not just walking through a wood and thinking, isn't it pretty? I mean, a, a deep connection to the powerful life force of nature, the life force. Something that I feel particularly in spring when all the new leaves are coming out, it's just electric, that force coming through nature. And that's unstoppable. So that's what they were very much in contact with. But also all of these um, Kuiper Belt objects, as well as a deep connection to nature, which is what I believe we're absolutely going back to, um, also operate on quantum principles and are encouraging us to go out to the galactic, to, to step into becoming galactic citizens. We're going to be discovering more, much more about our cosmos in, in coming times. And this, this, connect, this deep connection to nature, um, you know, so often, I mean, in already still, uh, indigenous people still have this connection. The Aboriginal people, the North American Indians still have this connection in a way that modern man has lost, um, I believe, in, in a very big way. You know, when we say ancient peoples, I think very often it can sound derogatory that ancient means primitive. And that now we are super civilized, super sophisticated in our technology and everything is digitized and linked and we live in smart cities and, you know, we have no need for nature. And I think that is a really big mistake. And if we look at some of the, the very ancient cultures, if we look at, say, the pyramids in Giza and how they were built, I mean, look at the work of Graham Hancock and Robert Duval with this, that the pyramids were built precisely to really mirror constellations in the heavens at particular times in the year. I mean, it's it, extraordinary. And I've seen documentaries about Machu Picchu where engineers have tried to replicate the precise building of Machu Picchu where often you can't even get a knife blade between the stones and they've used diamond cutters and laser cutters and they can barely replicate the precision. And supposedly these ancient peoples didn't even have a calculator. So, you know, how much have we, we lost in our modern civilization? Because I think we're going to rediscover a lot of these really amazing things. And when we do that, our lives start to become magical, kind of magical synchronicities. Example, very um, simple example. I was speaking to somebody yesterday who some months ago needed some very expensive surgery. She was in a lot of pain. She needed about £30,000. That's a lot of money. She didn't have that money. So to look at it in a 3D way, she would have had to work incredibly hard every evening, every weekend to earn that extra pot of money, which would have taken many months to do before she could have the surgery. But she decided to do it in a 5D way. So she went out amongst her favourite trees, super focused, set a clear intention that this money will come to me. Didn't know how, universe far smarter than us in knowing how it'll come. Set a clear intention, this money will come to me. She released it to the universe in total trust. In a very short space of time, I think it was within the month, exactly that sum of money arrived from somebody who'd an inheritance and wanted to thank her for doing some great work and being a very positive influence on his life. Wow, magical synchronicities. And as we move into New Earth, 
we're going to be developing, uh, people are doing this already, but developing much more psychic sensitivity, telepathy, healing. We're all going to be able to heal each other very easily. We're going to be more wave and less particle. We're going to be stepping into our light bodies. We're going to be eating less. And what we do eat is plant-based much more. And we're going to see nature as just shimmering with life, iridescent colors, just luminous. And every plant, every leaf, every bird, every tree having its own particular quality. This is pantheism as, as well. So there's going to be a, a level of, of living in the magic that we just haven't really known in our, in our 3D reality. And, and other examples of, um, of, of people who are working with 5D, I mean, Lynn McTaggart very much, if you read her intention experiment book, quite an old book now, but boy, she's done some wonderful work in reducing violence in the Middle East in past years. And she did it very much as a controlled experiment. You can read all about it or her more recent book, The Power of Eight, how she's helping to heal people by, again, setting clear intentions, using energy, and the people get healed very, very quickly. Dr. Joe Dispenza is doing some wonderful work with this. Many years ago, I, I attended about 14 of his workshops and witnessed many, many miracles in those workshops um, and had to blink, really had to blink to see, to believe what I was seeing. And this isn't to promote his work. He certainly doesn't need my promotion. He's doing very well already, but um, his workshops aren't principally about health, but very often people go who have um, very advanced conditions, genetic or just uh, have become very serious conditions. And simply through meditation, he will help people raise their frequency. And that is measured by having electrodes on their head. So he can actually specify how, how much they've raised their frequency. And in doing that and increasing the coherence in their system, they actually reboot their bodies back to the blueprint and very often have a very rapid healing and it's helped by the energy in the room too. And, and I'm saying this, as I say, not to promote his work because he doesn't need that. But if you go onto YouTube, Dr. Joe Dispenza's student testimonials, you can see really ordinary people like you and me, regular people just tell their story of, of what happened, essentially working with energy and stepping into 5D no longer the push and struggle and effort of 3D, but stepping into 5D. So this is where we're headed. And in a recent video, I was talking about astrology absolutely not being the 100%. And that's why astrologers can't very specifically predict events, because it's a co-creation. Because astrology is, is the pattern, it's the sheet of music, but it is the co-creation of what actually happens is down to our individual and collective frequencies of how we play the music. Is it really poorly and disharmoniously or is it magnificently? But actually there are three parts to this co-creation. There are three parts to this reality, this future that we're weaving. Because the third part is the light, the photonic light, photonic energy physics of light that's unstoppable that's pouring onto our earth so it's tripartite the pattern of the astrology the frequency of our collective and individual and also the light which is at higher levels than we've ever known before 
So this, as I see it, is where we're headed. And from that point of view, things become exciting as opposed to just wreckage, because we are going to go through some very rough months, I believe, before on a mass level, we see New Earth manifesting with more of its green shoots, not on an individual level, as I say, many people already living at that level, but on a mass level. So again, this is about our mastery of, you know, if we live in love um, as far as we're able, if we can live without division, without those negative expressions of hate and um, anger and fear, and you know, just live in love. And this feeling of inclusion, that is when we really start to accelerate our development towards 5D. And everybody is on their own timeline. You know, in yoga, they always teach you there's no comparison. Don't look at the next person. You're running your own race. And I think that's very true of, of this period in time, that we are all on different timelines because of our soul contracts. Some people are ahead on the fast track elevator, but you will get onto that fast track elevator at a different time to the people around you, but that's what's going to be right for you. So a lot here, um, just really sharing my, my musings over the last few weeks, and I hope it's helpful to kind of shed more light. I didn't have time in the last update to cover this as well as all the details. So um, December and January and February and March actually are packed astrologically, really dense, complex and packed. So I hope that this stepping back will help to give you a little bit of perspective. Thanks so much for listening. God bless. Bye for now. And if you are celebrating Christmas and listening to this before Christmas, have a wonderful Christmas. Bye for now. Never mind sleigh bells. This is Dennis Marsh. As Christmas comes around again in our own land It's time to be together, take each other's hand A chance to share the good times in the summer sun Another family holiday's begun It's Christmas in New Zealand and the time is right for saying I love you and watching stars at night For barbecues and swimming out across the bay How lovely to spend Christmas in the Kiwi way There won't be any snow to make the land look white The sun won't set down south till after nine at night you won't be needing furs or woolly hats and gloves It's time for outdoor living in the land we love It's Christmas in New Zealand and the time is right For saying I love you and watching stars at night For barbecues and swimming out across the bay How lovely to spend Christmas in the
something simple on your Christmas day. It's such a special time for having friends and family near. Another Kiwi Christmas time is here. It's Christmas in New Zealand and the time is right for saying I love you and watching stars at night. For barbecues and swimming out across the bay. How lovely to spend Christmas in the Kiwi way. How lovely to spend Christmas in the Kiwi way. How lovely to spend Christmas in the Kiwi way. How lovely to spend Christmas in the A song from previous times, so we don't know what COVID's going to be like over this Christmas. Now, this is a guy here called Dr. Robert Malone, um, and he's talking about mass psychosis, which we're all in. We're all in it, folks. Billions of people are affected by it, and they don't realise it. Matthias Desmet. He's a psychologist. He's also a statistician. He's at the University of Ghent, so this is Belgium. He's a European, but he speaks fluent English. Many of us are very impressed by his thinking. Bobby Kennedy, for instance, has met with him personally and uh, spoken to him about his theories, as have many of my peers. I think Matthias is onto something, and he calls it mass formation psychosis. So when he says mass formation, you can think of this equivalent to crowd. So it's crowd psychosis. That's what we're really talking about. There's easy ways to fix groupthink by just bringing in dissenting voices and making sure you give them platforms. With mass formation psychosis, this is like hypnosis. It really is hypnosis. This is what happened to the German people. If you live in Europe or you are uh, have a relative who's a Holocaust survivor, or also if you've lived behind the Soviet Union curtain, Eastern Europe, etc. This is a, a fundamental problem that people have is understanding how can, for instance, the German people who are highly educated, very liberal in the classic sense, you know, Western thinking people, how could they go so crazy, so deep into crazy land that they were doing what they did to the Jews? How could this happen to a civilized people? And this is the explanation for that. It has been a major focus of academic inquiry for decades and decades in Europe. So with what we're experiencing here, you have to have a set of preconditions. And, and walk with me back to, remember 2019? It seems like forever ago. The precursors for mass formation psychosis is you have to have a situation in which the population is decoupled from each, each other. They don't have social bonds. Everybody on their little cell phones and everything else, okay, where we're fragmented into our communities, Facebook communities and other things. Yes, there are tribes, but we're now in a situation where there's sub, 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 sub tribes. Everybody's fragmented. Nobody's feeling connected, okay? There's gotta be a lack of sense making. The world has to somehow not make sense what's happening in the world. It just seems to be overwhelming. 
things don't make sense. Remember how we were all kind of thinking this back in 2019 and we had the elections and what was going on? Clearly there's big forces that work there and nothing made sense. This leads to free-floating anxiety, which is the source of the greatest psychological pain. And my wife, for example, experiences this all the time. Many people do. So for her, she has this chronic sense of anxiety. She wakes up in the middle of the night, suddenly alerted to some thing that she's been dreaming about. So this sense of free-floating anxiety, things don't make sense. We're no longer connected to each other. And we also have free-floating discontent that things aren't right and I don't like it very much and I'm not sure where to put my finger on it. A lot of us had this feeling. Now think about what happened when the virus broke out. The world obsessed over this virus. Suddenly, every software person in the world was an expert on molecular virology and epidemiology. I had to deal with them, you know? It just, we all suddenly became obsessive experts, spending all our time on the media trying to figure out what the heck is going on because it didn't make sense. And we're trying to protect our children and everything else. When these conditions happen and then the entire population gets focused on one thing, it forms something akin to hypnosis where all they can think about, they're totally obsessed with that one thing. This is what happens with hypnosis, is you can hypnotize somebody and get them to focus on just one little tiny thing. And you can do surgery on them, they won't feel it. This is a fundamental phenomena of the human mind, is this ability to become hypnotized by focusing all of your attention on one small thing. Once that happens, people lose their ability to have rational thought and judgment. Even if you weren't obsessed, you had all this fear porn coming at us all the time, 24-7 through every channel. Now, was this intentional or was it just selling clicks? There's a lot of signs that it was there was an intentional component here, that we're sitting in a situation in which we have been actively managed psychologically by some entity that has financial benefit or power to gain from doing this. This gets to the point about global totalitarianism. But regarding mass formation psychosis, once this happens, there's two key things. Everybody gets focused, they have this fusion of their discontent, this focus on a thing, and then leaders step in that seize this moment. And when they're identified as leaders, or they're promoted as leaders, and the crowd can see no evil, they can hear no evil, they can speak no evil. And those leaders can say anything. It does not have to be true. And the crowd will believe it. Furthermore, with this kind of process, mass formation psychosis that we saw in 1930s Germany, and we've seen in other situations, outside the centers, anybody who says something that is contrary to the narrative must be attacked. These situations must have a common enemy. This was well described in the 1984 book of George Orwell, where there was this constant threat of the Eurasian forces. They were nebulous. One never really knew where they were or if they were going to attack, but they were always used 
to drive fear in the crowd. So this crowd now that's formed has central leaders that are lying to them all the time, like Tony Fauci. And as you see, there's a narrow world in which those people that have been hypnotized in this way, you can tell them until you're blue in the face what the data are, what the facts are. You can show them video clips of Tony Fauci lying. It doesn't matter. I was in Tampa the other day and a physician asking questions came up in the line, brokenhearted. She has many other physicians and medical professionals in her family and she's disaffected from all of them. And she said, it doesn't matter how much information I provide to them, how many papers I provide to them, what data I provide to them, they can't hear it. And it's true, they literally can't. They are hypnotized. This has happened all over the world. It's been actively promoted. It is the consequence of all this censorship and propaganda that we've been subjected to. And when it seems to you that the rest of the world has gone mad, the truth is they have, <laughs> okay? And the question is, what can we do about it? So I spoke to Matthias about this, about where does he see this going? And it's really a bit grim. He thinks that this mass psychosis has developed to a point where the global totalitarianism is unavoidable. It will sweep over us. We're seeing it in Austria. Number one, they're locking down during the holidays. And they say, you will be vaccinated. Now, that flies in the face of the data, which shows the vaccination won't stop the spread of the virus. It doesn't matter. They will impose the vaccines on you. They're talking about doing this in Germany. They're talking about all kinds of mandates in the United States, like you say, including for the children. Think that through, okay? So this is happening. And Matthias believes that it's now to a point that it is going to progress through the population, whether we like it or not. We have to continue to try to provide information, accurate information. There's a couple things we can do. We can substitute the fear of the virus, which is irrational, for a greater threat. We can break through to people if we help them to understand that what we're seeing is a coordinated global focus on deploying a global totalitarian solution. Totalitarianism is a bigger boogeyman than the viruses by far. Losing control to Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum and BlackRock and Vanguard is a bigger threat than SARS-CoV-2 is for you or your children, by far, okay? And people can hear that, they can see it. Matthias has tested it. And you can break this, this fusion in their minds if you give them something that's even of greater concern, which is loss of their freedom. When you, when you make it clear to people that they're on the threshold of losing their right, they get activated. So this is one topic area that a lot of people get. And often the breakthrough thing is they're gonna force my kids to take the jab. And suddenly people wake up with that one also. But the problem is all those underlying things haven't been fixed. The real problem to be blunt is that our society is sick. It's sick in a bunch of ways. And I think the only thing 
that can come out of this to get us away from that, to start to heal us, is this idea of think global, act local that is behind intentional communities. Meanwhile, while all this crazy is going on in the world, the rest of us that are able to see through for whatever reason, maybe because we got fired from our job or we experienced mainstream media first person and realized how corrupt and twisted that world is, or maybe we experienced big science and all the corruption within big science in a very brutal first-person way. Things have caused some of us to be able to be a little more skeptical about what's going on in the world. So we can't get beyond this if we don't find some way to heal ourselves. And I think we got to start that healing process locally. The message that I've been trying to promote in these very speaking engagements is a message of healing not division and of trying to empower people to start building local community telephone call lists you know work through your church whatever your organization is build on that find physicians that will administer early treatment i think that now is the time to build local community start to form networks with each other or providing information to older people who are often home alone, scared and not able to access the internet. There's a few courageous leaders politically in a lot of scared chickens. Basically the Republican side is unified that these mandates are wrong. Now we're having trouble breaking through the other side, but angry moms, I think may be the thing that saves our democracy. So there is hope, but We've still got a long way to go, but I think we've seen some significant progress, so I don't want to leave everybody thinking it's all doom and gloom.
Shine a little love, electric light orchestra, prophetic words, that's about all we can do at this stage. If you've been sucked in, like the billions of others, into the COVID psychosis, all you can do is spread light. Do what you can. Go within yourself and decide for yourself what is right for you. I've got friends who have had the jab and next minute they're in hospital with heart problems. Two of them, just recently in the last week. So you need to make your own mind up, not listen to what you've been taught or been told. All the time, like media works, who controlled television and radio, have got shares in Pfizer, who are supplying us with the drugs. Makes you wonder where everything is going to. everyone. I'm Steve Farrell, the Executive Director for Humanities Team. I want to talk to you today about playing our role at this time when uh, people are severely challenged. And I'm not going to talk about best practices that I'm assuming we're all following, washing our hands, and being physically isolated and things like that. Um, instead, I want to talk about just remaining really fully conscious, because I think that's a key role that we can play at this time of severe challenge. And uh, this requires that we stay deeply centered ourselves in our own prayer or meditation in our, uh, in our uh, spiritual practice. Uh, and for me, it can be something as simple as just breathing out anxiety and checklists, uh, breathing out uh, concerns, 
breathing out, being bored by being sequestered. Though, candidly, I'm maybe like you, uh, quite busy, and so I'm not experiencing much boredom. But, but breathing out these things that get in the way of me being totally present in total connection with the divine. Because, of course, as we know, on, uh, as, as being part of our conscious journey, there is no separation. But the divine actually is right here, right now. It's within each of us. And so when we can release these, these uh, thoughts of mental challenge, of worry, of anxiety, as we, as we can breathe these things out, will we'll come back into our core, into our essence, into this connection or communion place with the divine, where we can just, our, our fingertips even, uh, feel, can feel like they're tingling, uh, where we really feel deeply in connection. And when we're in that place, uh, I, I contend this is the place where we can be most valuable to those whose lives we touch. Our, our partner, wife or husband, our kids, our coworkers, people around the community. They can, they can actually feel into our conscious connection. They can, they can feel the peace and the grace, uh, the love that is our basis. That's what the divine is. And that's what we are. Uh, and it is, uh, it's very centering for us. And it's very powerful as we're encountering people throughout our day. Now, I believe that one of the reasons for the coronavirus is to wake people up. All of us on the conscious journey have been for years, most, most of us for decades, have been envisioning awake, an awakened humanity and an awakened world. Well, something needs to be an awakening device. And uh, I think uh, COVID-19 is that those that are stuck in this whole transactional way of looking at the world, it's all monetary, uh, stocks and money as our priority, uh, are in many cases releasing that. Not that those things are unimportant, but life is becoming more important. uh, The earth, the sacred is becoming more important. We come together, and I'm sure you're witnessing that where you live, too. Certainly, we're wit- witnessing that all over the world here in Humanities Team, where we're seeing people come together in support for each other, which is, this is what awakening is. So, um, so there's a positive can come out of something uh, as hugely challenging as the coronavirus. Okay, but... But we need to play our role because we can help people to really get in touch with uh, what it is to be conscious, what that looks like, and uh, how we can be in service. Okay, so uh, let's do that together. I'm, I'm guessing yeah. you're uh, focusing on this also. It's uh, it's an important focus in humanities team. Let's 
be conscious and be in service and let's uh, assist people in this whole waking up and uh, putting ourselves in service process. Okay, thank you so much for spending a minute with me here today. workshops and stuff in Assisi in Italy. A bit different from when he was here in Hamilton, but there we go. Now, depending on what you believe, or what you were taught, or what you were brainwashed with, um, some of us re re believe in reincarnation. We come here to learn things. 
This is a little little track that we've played before, but it's it's very relevant. So tell me, out of everything you've ever done, what's the craziest experience you've ever had? That's easy. Earth. Earth? You went to Earth? I did. No way. You were a human? I was. Wow. Are the stories about Earth true? Were they really trapped on Earth? Some were. I know because I was one of the volunteers. Wait a second. You volunteered to go to Earth? I did. I had to. I had family trapped on Earth. But how could you get trapped on Earth? You had to be there to understand. On Earth, you wouldn't remember anything. What do you mean you wouldn't remember anything? I mean, you would have no memory of anything. You wouldn't even remember existing before Earth. What? How is that possible? It was designed that way. It was brilliant. To dive as deeply as possible into such ignorance, such darkness, and still find your way back to remembering who you were, that took true mastery. Wow. I still can't believe you went to Earth. Tell me more. Well, Earth had its own set of laws that everyone agreed to experience. Like gravity, what goes up must come down. Like linear time, day is followed by night. Time? What's time? You know how when we think of something, it manifests instantly? Well, on Earth, there was a delay. The delay is what made Earth so difficult. Interesting. Time. So tell me more. Before going to Earth, you would choose your family, whether you wanted to be male or female, what race you wanted to be, the location on the planet, things like that. Oh, so you could choose your own character. Exactly. You would enter the Earth as a baby and be completely dependent on others to teach you the rules. But since nobody could remember the rules, they made up their own rules based on fear and giving your power away to others. That doesn't sound like much fun. It wasn't for everyone. What did you do while portions of you were on Earth? I watched them. It was pretty funny. <laughs> what was so funny? Here were these magnificent beings, playing the most unique and cutting-edge experience in the universe. And they were clueless. I tried to guide them as much as possible. Wait a second, you could communicate with them? Yes, but they couldn't hear me. I would show them synchronicities, or send them impulses to help guide them, but they couldn't see the signs. Why not? They didn't trust themselves. So is that why they sent out a call for help? Exactly. Is that when you went? No, I didn't go until later. The first volunteers, uh, they had it the worst. What do you mean, had it the worst? Well, they killed them. What? They killed the volunteers. They killed them? Those on Earth couldn't understand what the volunteers were telling them. The idea that they were equal to the volunteers scared them. What were they telling them? Common sense stuff like, all the answers you seek are inside you. Everything I can do, you can do and more. So they killed them? And then they twisted the volunteers' message and created even more fear. What do you mean, more fear? Like the message, God is inside you, was turned into, you are separate from God. The message, all the answers you seek are inside you, was twisted into, you can't trust yourself. And they believed it? It was out of control. How could they believe that? You had to be there to understand. Did you know they actually believed that they were the only intelligent life in the universe? <laughs> now that's funny. Pretty crazy, I know. So then what happened? 
The designers knew Earth was going to enter a section of the galaxy that humans had never experienced before. A section filled with a frequency that might be able to reconnect the human's DNA. What was wrong with their DNA? It didn't work anymore. The thing is, their DNA was how they connected with their higher self. So that's why your incarnations couldn't hear you. Exactly. But there was a catch with the new plan. Only those incarnated on Earth could tune in to these new frequencies. Oh, so they needed more volunteers. Yes, but this time they were taking no chances. To pull this off, they needed millions in the physical form, wired and ready to attune to these frequencies. Are these the 21st century humans that all the stories are about? Yep. We volunteered from every corner of the universe to help the humans wake up. What did the volunteers have to do once they got there? We had to wake ourselves up, attune to these frequencies, and spread them to the rest of the planet. That sounds impossible. Most of those watching the Earth experiment didn't think we could pull it off. So what happened when you got to Earth? Once on Earth, we were taught the same fear-based beliefs that had been handed down for eons. We lived just like everyone else, totally clueless to who we were and what was getting ready to happen. But as soon as the Earth entered this cloud of frequencies, we started to question everything. And one by one, we started to wake up. So the plan was working. It was. The more we trusted ourselves, the quicker we reconnected. And the faster we started to remember what was happening. And since we were spread out evenly all around the planet, the planet's frequency began to rise quickly. What happened when the planet's frequency began to rise? The human's experience of time began speeding up. They started manifesting their beliefs faster and faster. Those consumed with fear created even more fear, and eventually Earth just spun out of control. What do you mean, spun out of control? These low-frequency beliefs that had controlled the human experience for eons could no longer exist. So, they began to self-destruct, and the world fell into a complete chaos. That sounds terrifying. It was for those living in fear, but for us volunteers, we all knew it was the end of the old energy and the beginning of the new. So then what happened? A tipping point was reached in our awakening, and we created a new Earth. A new Earth? What happened to the old Earth? It continued on, allowing those who could not let go of their fears to play out their lessons. But for us, we created a new Earth that matched our higher frequency. And as easy as that, all the fear-based beliefs simply fell away. In an instant, we remembered who we were. We knew we were all connected, and we stopped hurting each other. We started respecting each other, started loving each other. We took back our power to create, and we created a new Earth without fear. Wow, so the legends are true. What an incredible experience that must have been. Nice work. Thanks. So you see, you have free will. You can decide what you want to do. You can decide who to listen to. Collectively, we can change the world. It was Jesus who said that when two or more are joined together in a common thought, things will change. Is this a time for the Rainbow Warriors?
are we to come together as a collective across the world to put things right? Barry, it's been the wise within. Kakite, shalom, namaste, masalam. May your God go with you.
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.